Hello, hello, my friends. Are you ready to kiki it up with me? The queen bee, the CEO of T, your favorite kiki, because I know I am. I left you last week with a cliffhanger from my interview with Sean Cooper, aka the filmmaker and former inmate, who says she and her former cellmates are the real women behind the Orange is the New Black characters. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at her page, check out the highlight, but if you haven't, her handle is in the show notes and tagged on my Instagram page, so definitely check that out after this episode. At the end of part one, Sean was just about to tell us about Ruby Rose, the actress who played Stella in the Netflix series. The character Sean says is based on her. Now, Sean met Ruby Rose in person and told her all about this theory. What was Ruby Rose's reaction? Well, keep listening to find out. I also have some updates on what's happened in the two weeks since Sean started posting her expose on her Instagram page and tagging Netflix and some of the OITNB actors and even Piper Kerman herself, the author of Orange is the New Black. But before we get into part two of my interview with Sean, I want to first do our inaugural induction into the Hall of Shame because this week was a doozy. Now, every week, normally I have a few Hall of Shamers who get inducted, but today we only have one because that's how shameful they are. It's the artist formerly known as Kanye West, now known as Ye. Let me preface this with, I am already having a pretty terrible week. Even right now, I am supposed to be in New York City at BravoCon, but I'm not because, you know, life is dealing me a pretty wicked hand right now, and that's fine because you deal with what you can control, but this week just felt like things were getting out of control because Hurricane Ye rolled in and started fucking all sorts of shit up. Now, when I first saw the White Lives Matter t-shirt show up on the runway, I actually kept an open mind. I really did. I was ready and willing to hear whatever message this was supposedly going to tell me. But then Candace Owens showed up and that message started to feel tainted. Then came the bullying of a Black woman that was allowed to continue on for days online, nobody stopping it, and several large accounts egging him on and participating in it. Then came the Tucker Carlson interview that I watched both parts of, and I just got enraged by the fat shaming and more so by the anti-Blackness that Kanye was spewing. Then came the awful, disgusting anti-Semitic DMs and tweets. And finally, Instagram and Twitter decided to do something about it and shut him down. By the end of the yay storm, I was exhausted, defeated, and sad. Uh, Look, I'm an empathetic person, and I think like most Black women, I immediately go into protection mode. I think it's just a default, but at the end of the day, this tweet by Melinda Hale said it best. Stop telling Jewish people to get over what Kanye said and that he's mentally ill and not serious. Stop telling Black people his t-shirt was a joke. Anti-Semitism is real. Anti-Blackness is real. Words matter. Words are what start unwarranted hate towards people. 
And that, my friends, is why Ye is this week's inductee into the Hall of Shame. The first and current only member of the Hall of Shame, but I trust many more will follow him in due time. Don't you worry. But I just felt like this week he earned that top spot all on his own. Now, let's get into part two of my interview with Sean Cooper and get to the bottom of whether these women are the real characters behind Orange is the New Black. talked about, you said you may go in to serve, you know, your two and a half years, but you end up serving your whole sentence because like once you're in, they just like don't want to let you out. Is that what happened to you? Because I think that's like Ruby's character. I think her name was her name, Stella. Stella was (laughs) trying to get out and then Piper sets her up. Uh, like when she has a few days left and she ends up having to get her her sentence extended. Is that, did that happen to you? Like, did you end up staying long past the two and a half years? I almost stayed for another year. Oh, wow. So that was actually when I stopped watching because I'm not going to lie, that pissed me off. Are you, do you think you'll end up finishing the series? I know oh, I'm going to finish it. You're going to finish it. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to finish it eventually. Maybe. <laughs> Like, I feel like I have to watch it at this point. I mean, they dramatized, obviously, the situation that came. There was no inmate that set me up. It wasn't even like that. Because, like, there there weren't a lot of, like, the there was disagreements between inmates, but nobody, re- there were very few people that really had it hard set out to, like, injure other people. But, like, when you did get your bed date or your release date when you're green papers, you kind of kept that secret because people did get a little jealous and try to try to pull shit here and there and take your date. But unfortunately, in my case, it was a housing unit officer, Palazzi, who's actually portrayed by the chick that pulls the popsicle shiv in the episode, just very condescending. She was our unit officer and she just had this, she just had a hard on for any time somebody got approved for parole. And she, and the, and, and the thing is like prior prior to this incident, never had a problem with her. She was always respectful and kind of cool with me. I just kept her at elbow's length because I yeah. watched what she did to other people. So it's like, she's one of those people that you, you still had to fucking keep on your good side. Otherwise, yeah. like you knew she was going to do some sneaky shit to you. So I played nice as much as I could. I'm not somebody that can fake it very well. <laughs> so yeah. I had, I got, I got staffed for parole that day. She came back. To the, and the thing is like everybody, like Jamilka Maritza, all of those people, they were all present when this happened. And so when I got back and I was like, they approved it, everybody was like, all right, into the day rooms. Everybody brought their junk food out. So they had like a little party and everybody was celebrating. Palazzi came back. I just saw your paperwork. Congratulations. You're out of here. I was like, oh, thank you. So she shook my hand and was like, congratulations to you all. Like, you know, whoever's leaving today, good luck, best of luck to you. And she went up to her desk and sat down at her desk. 20 minutes later, she wrote me up for, for fucking physical contact. And what had happened was everybody that was partying in the day room that congratulate me, they were like, hold up. That is not what happened. She came back here, shook her hand. It's going to be on the um, yeah. on the camera. And she was like, well, you still touched me. It's still physical contact. Oh, my God. That's fucked up. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And then uh, I, I believe it might have been actually Maritza, um, which would have been Gloria's character. She was like, the hell with this. Write the captain. Everybody was a witness. This is not what happened. And she starts handing out the, re- the slips to write for all the inmates to write letters for the captain. Palazzi calls the sergeant upstairs and they were like, oh, it looks like organizing a group activity to me. And I'm like, what the fuck am I organizing? I'm not doing anything. And Sergeant Slater was like, that's inciting a riot. Take her to the hall. 
I was like, you're going to take my date. Wow. And she was like, you'll have to work it out with the hearing examiner. I was like, you fucking bitch. I'll remember this. I will remember this. Even telling that story, I mean, that's a fucked up story and like had to be so like, I can't even imagine. But even as you're telling that story, fuck, I'm seeing Orange is the New Black because all of these women had your back, which is like sort of like as we're watching the show, like we felt this like community with these women, which is like so wild. And it's also making me feel like God, it does feel like somebody who you knew inside sort of relayed these stories because you're saying that not only the inmates, but the prison guards were also being portrayed mm-hmm. in the series. Yes. The same exact people. And and you're saying barely even, I mean, very similar names. Well, Stella Stella was a nickname that the our, our daytime housing unit officer gave. I fucking hated that name. And he was like, what's your name, Stella? I'm like... Stella, fella, whatever. He's like, you look like a dude. And I'm just like, oh, this. he always would just talk shit. Hey, Stella. I'm like, that's not my name, bro. Like, he was like, what is it again? Cooper. I'm like, like, you know what I mean? It was just something that he would say to trigger me. So when I was like, I made a joke when I watched the first few seasons and I was like, I recognize all these people. I was like, well, they're going to bring in a good looking lesbian soon. So this, this ought to be interesting. <laughs> and then they were like, Ruby Rose has been cast to play Orange is the New Black. I'm like, no way, no way, no way. And then, you know, flash forward, we wind up working together and have this whole conversation. And I'm just like, yeah, she said that, uh, when I spoke, I did work with her uh, at a nightclub when she was DJing. So I was with her. And, and her did you girlfriend. tell her that like... They had no idea. I mean, they said that they had no idea that it was, that th- this was based on real inmates that actually existed. They said that they, you know, changed the stories, obviously, for television. So I was like, well, here's my ID. And they were like, you can't, you can't argue this. And, she, you know, Ruby was, was like, oh, whatever, you know, kind of, she didn't really? think I was, that, she didn't think I was that important to have a character portrayed in the first place. But it also it was kind of like, it gave you a job and made you famous though, didn't yeah. it? You're like, you're, you're, you're famous because of me almost. So. So thank me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't, you don't owe me any thanks, but like the condescending attitude that you're, you know, she, she had a very much like you're a peasant kind of attitude towards oh, me. God. It was like but you're playing me. So, okay. So you've identified, like you have, I mean, you showed me this chart. You've pretty much been able to like, you know, put the character and you have been able to identify, you said pretty much like 95% of who they were in real life. Maybe only a few that you don't know. Mm. You've been in contact with all of these women and like, are they all wanting to come forward and tell their stories? Or I did. Only- I did speak. I actually just spoke to, uh, who would be, uh, I actually just spoke to Maritza this morning, who is Gloria on the show. And I spoke to Jamilka yesterday, who is Flocka on the show. They're both in Florida now. Maritza, AKA Gloria still owns a business. She's got a salon. She's always, she didn't, she didn't own a bodega. Okay. Yeah. Cause in the show she had a bodega. Okay. Yeah. She, she owns a hair salon in real life and she still has one here in Pennsylvania and she opened up another one. She lives in Florida now. Okay. Once we get the the project started, we're actually just, I'm just excited to go see her. Cause we were on the fo- on FaceTime all, all morning this morning, catching up. I was excited. Have you talked with like the the tasty? Like I know you, you even said I, that the I tasty- wasn't as close with tasty. So, okay. uh, but I would, uh, but I know Antoinette was, and Antoinette she's uh, she's still on my Facebook, so I just have to get a hold of her. She wasn't, she hadn't read my message yet, and I deactivated Facebook so long ago. Okay, I was gonna say you need to start like a Facebook group. Yeah, most of these people they're all on Facebook, and then a lot. Some of them aren't really caring to be on the internet and social media a lot anyway. So I changed my phone number. I haven't talked to a couple people in a couple years. Let me reactivate Facebook, and 
So I got a hold of who I could yesterday, and then I'm just waiting to hear back from a few people when they get off uh, work. Now, if Piper does, let's say, look, I mean, I will say this thing about the DMs. It can get weird because sometimes Mm -hmm. you you end up with this weird folder that you don't open, and so sometimes you don't see them. I like to believe that you're going to eventually talk to Piper or at least her lawyer. Let's be real. Someone's (laughs) going to contact you. Someone's going to be calling. Maybe me too. I don't know. Hey. If, you know, Piper does reach out to you, what is it that you want to say? Like what ultimately, like what would be how you want this to play out? I think, honestly, I feel like she kind of owes these people something. You know, I know I know that production from working and filled myself that I know the production budgets, they all get divided up and everybody takes a cut from the lighting department to the directors, to the talent, to whatever. So I understand how a budget works. However, I'm pretty sure that there's probably enough profit from this show and the merchandise or whatever else that's been going on that they could have put money on the books for the people that weren't coming home. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I would like to see a lot of people, a lot of these inmates that did have life sentences and really long terms had their sentences commuted. So I have to catch up on uh, trying to think of who might even still be there. But ultimately, like in Rocky's case and... Deb's okay, but like I still think that a, a lot of these women have worked long enough at 16 cents an hour. For somebody to profit in the in the potentially six figures and above profit margins, like you could have put a hundred dollars on these people's books for the rest of their sentences and made their lives, turned their lives around and made so much easier for them in prison just to get through it and, and you know, or get home and get established. So you know, I, I would like to see something uh, happen for people like Rocky and Maritza and Jamaica and stuff like that, so they don't have to work so hard. You started in Indiegogo because you basically yes. want to raise some funds because you want to essentially create your own series. Obviously, Piper, Kerman, if you're listening, we'd love for you you to be a part of this too. But you're raising money and you want to just tell these women the real stories. Because like what you you said, which was so amazing, is like a lot of these stories are not as tragic. No, they're not. Like a lot of them had happy endings, you know, like, you know, especially in the case of of Deb. So like, if I even talk about it, I'll start crying because I just took such offense to that because that was one of my closest friends in there. And I'm pretty sure she's the woman that casually stops by my YouTube and calls me kiddo, but she's not somebody that spends time on the internet. So trying to explain to them how the YouTube comment section works and how to get a reply is yeah. completely foreign. And that really bothered me that they they turned that, because I watched the breakdowns. I didn't watch the whole episodes. I'd actually watched the, the consolidated stuff to try to uh, identify incidents that had happened there. They did show the riot, but it there was no real riot. It was just what happened when they tried to put me in the hole, you know? So they just moved a few things around and changed minor details here and there, made them more dramatic as the series went on. But to see how they kind of like over-dramatized things by making that character look delusional, especially knowing the circumstances that really just, I was bawling when I watched that. I did not like that. Yeah. I, I wasn't there long. So like from, from what I was piecing together when I was talking to Maritza this morning, she was like, well, which she was like, we have to figure out who Madonna and Eunice are on there. And I was like, you know what? They were there before me and my character okay. didn't come in on the series till later. So they're the, to be honest, the ones I can't identify are probably just because they came before or after me and I just wasn't there. 
So that's that's Maritza. That's what Maritza said. She's she said she's going to rewatch it tonight and see who she fi- picks out. All right. So people, I mean, I, I want everyone to watch obviously your story just because, I, and I kind of want to watch. I mean, this, I know you don't want to hear this. I kind of want to watch Orange is the New Black, though, but I want to watch it through this new lens. I wish you knew the people because as you, as you, like, it was kind of like, you know how the series kind of went down and then they start telling people's individual stories. Well, this yeah. is how, this is what happened to Tish or this is what happened to Antoinette and this is what happened to Rocky. And when they said that Rocky shot a little boy by accident, I was like, okay, that was her brother, not her neighbor. Like, okay. You know what I mean? Like those two characters, like I was close with, with Deb and Rocky. They were like, and Maritza, they're all like surrogate mothers to me. So yeah, those two specifically had kind of like triggers because they were in for murder. Okay. And, and that just got me emotional. <laughs> it, it, you know, and like, yeah. And like, that's what I would love to see. Cause I was, I actually came across, you know, anytime there's a series that's, you know, based on a book, they always do these things online and they, um, had done this article back in 2018 about like, here's how the Orange is the New Black characters differ from the real world counterparts. So I, was I saw like, that. Oh. And I was like, but what was really interesting is that like, it was very vague. <laughs> like Because they don't know, they don't know who they're talking about. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I was like. They I'm, didn't I'm have a, any more information because they didn't know. And then I don't, I feel, I mean, I, this is all my speculation, but I was just like, you know what? They don't have any more, they don't have anybody to feed them the information they need for their show anymore. Like the only pictures they had were like the real Piper and then her ex-girlfriend who was the drug smuggler, which is how she ended up going to prison. And they say it's because they want to protect the 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 privacy of the women, which, you know, like is is fair. I would I understand that. But it's just interesting because it's like they also say this character is fictionalized for these reasons. For television. So, yeah, so it's really it you know it's really interesting and do I think that it's likely that these stories could absolutely have been shared with you know somebody who decided to consult on the show of course because why wouldn't you because would they would hire uh, yeah you need consultants like that on a show like that there's just no way and if that consultant is feeding you lines like oh I think this character you know I knew this woman who yada 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 and then it gets built into the script yeah because you we're 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 locked up with and nothing but women, so they gossip all the time. You know what I mean? So it was like, you know, every there's snitches. The snitches are real, you know? So we just had a snitch in Piper's ear. And yeah, in Piper. <laughs> okay, so you have the Indiegogo. We'll, we will obviously include that in the show notes, but like... Where can people find you on like YouTube so that they can start supporting? Because I think ultimately, like, if there are women that are still locked up who are, you know, not, you know, obviously being profited off of, like, how do we help them? Like, we get their stories out, you know, and like, I know that is what you want to do this project for. The thing is, it's just like, there's just so much in the prison industrial complex, which is how they just rob inmates and inmates' families from JPay to the phone calls you know what I mean? It's if I want like when I send my friend Annie, who was another roommate of mine, um, when I would send her money, I would have to send her fifty bucks for her to get twenty dollars. You know oh, what I mean? God. Like it's 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 insane. Phone calls, the phone calls used to be like excess of like eight, nine, ten dollars, like excessive. So they they made the phone calls a little different. But after being released and looking into this stuff, and then finding out that it's like, all right, we have a commissary here that. Everybody has to work 18 cents an hour to make 15 bucks at the end of every month so they can buy their toiletries or any any groceries because you can't live off prison food. You have to buy groceries. Like, And unfortunately, there's a large number of people that don't have family support, so they can't 
benefit off of that. And if you decide to be charitable and help your roommate out by giving them groceries, then it's a misconduct. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's just like all these, st- and there's a lot of stupid rules that, that are specifically set up to just make sure you fail. Like yeah. lending and borrowing, giving giving somebody else food because they're hungry, that's not a punishable offense. Yeah. In my But in, in my, prison in it eyes. is, it is. Yeah. In prison it is, you know what I mean? And then any misconduct goes on your jacket and that affects your date and parole eligibility. It's it's ridiculous. Not to mention the programs that you um, saw me talking about on my Instagram story. Mm-hmm. It's like they're in t- insanely overcrowded. So there's already a large number of women that don't need to be in prison to begin with. And you're overcrowded and need the space. Let's start helping these people uh, transition out. And if there are people whose stories that millions of people are in love with, those millions of people that are in love with those people can help set the people, the real people that are coming home, help them out with jobs, with yeah. apartments, with maybe a little cash in their pocket. So the recidivism rate maybe goes down a little bit. We don't have to put people like Tisha in uh, or Tasty in predicaments where they have to sell drugs and go back to prison because they're homeless. Yeah. Barb was homeless and she would get locked up in the winter months just to keep from freezing to death on the streets like that, that, you know what I mean? And then she's schizophrenic and there's a multitude of other problems going on there. So it's like these, these prison is not meant for these people. And all it does is harm them further. Mm-hmm. And then they come back to a society that's just like, fuck you. You're a felon. We don't want you here. You're dirty. You're filthy. You're diseased. You're stupid. Whatever. Once you're in there, it just sets you up for failure. And society makes it even harder for you to stay out. No. Yeah. And I think that's important. Like, just like you said, like, if we can fall in love with the character Tasty, it's time for us to fall in love with the real Tasty. Yeah, hear her saying. story. And I want everyone to follow you. Obviously, I'm going to be amplifying this all over my social. People can follow you on Instagram. I know it's Sean fucking Cooper. There's V's where the U's are. It's very, I'm not going to spell it out. We're going to put it in the show notes so that you can figure it out. I should probably make myself easier to find, but yeah, there's only one of me and- and all the way from when I was little to the time I was in prison, well, when I was in prison, they called me baby Satan, but it's always, nobody can ever say my name, Sean Cooper, Sean fucking Cooper. And I remember people being like, you sure you want to brand your socials with that man? Yeah, I am. Because you know what? I don't want to work with people that are going to look at me for one way for being gay. Look at me another way. Where'd you learn how to do this? Prison. <laughs> you took photography in prison? Yeah, I did. And I was good at it. And then I picked it up when I got home. You know, if it wasn't for prison, I wouldn't be a filmmaker. I learned my way around a camera in a photography class in prison. So, you know, long journey later, I'm now, you know, about to direct a short film series, hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Stumble my way. It's my first one. So it's my first one. And I feel that a docu-series is is easy because all I have to do is show you what really happened. Yeah. And and get a hold of the people and have them tell the stories, which is what we're working on now. So Yeah, and it's all people want. People just want the fucking truth. Fucking let's be transparent. Fucking let's see what really fucking happened. And I'm looking forward to it. I know it's not even out yet, but I'm already like looking forward to it. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, obviously, I don't think this will be the last time we talk because I'm No, really your your audience is going to want updates. Yeah, we're going to want to hear updates and we're going to, I mean, you know, like as you talk to these women who want to come forward, like and the stories come out, I think that there's just more and more we're going to hear. So if Piper should see this, I'm like I said, I extended my offer on my Instagram story. She could jump in and help us because she has a platform. And since I see that she's she's so passionate about advocating to make sure that people make money, this is the perfect opportunity to show her good character to help jump in. Agreed. So 
However, if she waits until I've already reached my funding goal, the offer is off the table. Yeah. Because <laughs> then I don't need your help. But no. I, feel, I feel that, you know, since some of these people treated me better than my own mother has, I owe them a debt of gratitude. And I feel that Netflix and the show, as from the corporate side, you owe them a little more than I do. As of the time of this recording, Sean still has not spoken with anyone at Netflix or with Piper Kerman, but says that Piper is still watching her stories. Sean also says she was recently told that Piper visited Muncie Prison in 2014. That's the Pennsylvania Correctional Facility that Sean and the other women were in. Sean claims that this event Piper attended had several inmates discussing their cases, what got them incarcerated, and who they were then versus now. So did these stories get shared by someone in Sean's circle with someone close to the Orange is the New Black series? Did Piper hear these stories herself and use them as inspiration for the script? Were the women of Pennsylvania State Correctional Facility taken advantage of because of a law that they don't have to be reimbursed for their stories? Or was all of this just some giant coincidence? Head to Sean's page to get the latest updates and find out how you can support her crowdfunding campaign to get her film made about the real women. Next week, we will have more Hall of Shamers, more wild headlines, and much, much more to kiki about. So until then, drink more water, make sure your financial advisor is a Capricorn, and stop using your birthday as your passcode. This has been another episode of Kiki with the Talk of Shame. I'm your host, Kiki Monique. This is a Red Rock music podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever it is you're listening and follow me on social so you don't miss any of the tea between episodes at The Talk of Shame on Instagram and TikTok. And until next time, let's kiki about it. Thank you.